Welcome to Growing in Grace, a weekly program featuring informal conversation to help with growth in understanding the gospel and to live in the freedom that comes through Jesus Christ. And now, here's the host of Growing in Grace, Mike Kapler and Joel Berizaki. Another week for Growing in Grace, the Cap here, Mike Kapler, along with the Breeze man, Joel Berizaki. Thank you for tuning in. Got an interesting topic this time around, something we've talked about before, but it's one of those subjects, Joel, that we can't get enough of when it comes to uh, growing in grace and walking this thing we call the grace walk because uh, it's such a, a huge obstacle that gets in the way of so many believers and, in, in, in fact, has skewed the truth in, in many ways. It's, it's, it's caused us to, to see things in a way that isn't very focused when it comes to what the gospel really is. And, and the subject we're going to be talking about here this week is the law and what place does it have in, in the life of a Christian. Looking forward to it today. Yeah, me too. I mean, the last, uh, you know, last time we were talking about how we don't want to let religious rules rule our life. And so that kind of naturally led to this discussion, just how, you know, so many people seem to want to, uh, to cling to the law, even after having come to Christ, even after having been joined together with God, uh, wanting to cling to the law, not necessarily realizing just exactly what the law's purpose was, and why God gave the law and what role it plays in the lives of in in, in what really what role it played in history and what role it it has to do with with our coming to Christ and and so on and so forth and so I think this is a really good thing and and I can't uh, get enough of being reminded of this stuff myself because all around us cap in, in the church today and again not to not to knock anyone over the head with anything and, and not to bash any church or anything but there's such an emphasis on the rules and on the law. And I think it's really important that we get some of these things straight, just exactly why God gave the law. And, and you know, one thing that I think I mentioned last time, uh, if I didn't, I meant to, but uh, just real briefly, 1 Corinthians fifteen fifty six, it says, the, the sting of death is sin, and the strength of sin is the law. Where does this get preached in the church today, Cap? I mean, does anyone realize the, the importance and the power in this statement that the law is the strength of sin? Where does sin get its strength? It gets it from the law. And then the, this, uh, the very next verse in, in 1 Corinthians 15 says, But thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. He doesn't give us the victory through the law, as we'll see in many other scriptures in the, in the New Testament. God gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Yeah, tying into what we've been talking about the past couple of weeks, victorious living in the Christian life doesn't come by trying to do all the right things. And it probably bears repeating, even though you've already done that, the strength of sin is the law, the commandments. Imagine that. Go back to the days of Moses the Red Sea, and all of that stuff. I think most believers today, believers in Jesus, have this concept that the reason God gave the laws and the commandments, and, and I'm not just talking about the top ten that were written on stone. There were close to over 600 other laws besides those, which were such a burden for the Jewish people to try to have to keep up with. But I think most Christians today believe that God gave the law uh, and the commandments to try and teach people how it is that he wanted us to live. And by abiding in those rules, by abiding and trying to obey those commandments, 
that somehow we would please God and be accepted by him. And many have carried that same sort of thinking into their lives, even under this new covenant that we're in now. And it's got a lot of people messed up. Yeah, and it really does. And and I know that I and I lived on that roller coaster ride in my Christian life because I was trying so hard to, to try to measure up to the law, to the standards of the law. That was one big word, in fact, the word standards. We've got standards in Christianity. God's got standards, and we need to live by those standards. That was a big thing that tripped me up in, in my early walk with Christ not realizing that I don't have any power within me to live up to those standards. And just to go along with with what we were just talking about, the strength of sin is the law. Romans 5.20, Paul said, Moreover, the law entered. Now, this is something that we really need to get ingrained in us, the, the reason that the law came. The law entered, Paul says, that the offense might abound, or that sin might abound. And he says, But where sin abounded, Grace abounded much more, so that as sin reigned in death, that was our old life in Adam, sin reigning in death, even so grace might reign through righteousness to eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. So we take a look at this. God put the law there, <laughs> blows the mind, of, blows the religious mind, that's for sure. God put the law there that the offense might abound, but... Where sin abounded, grace abounded all the more. And so I don't know why we want to cling to the law where it's the strength of sin, where it makes sin abound. (laughs) The good thing is that now that we have our life in Christ, it's all about the grace of God. That's where our victory is. It's it's found in, in the person, Jesus Christ, and in his grace. Yeah, and I'm not going to read the passage right now, but in Romans chapter 7, among other places, uh, Paul declares that we've been freed from the law because of what Jesus Christ accomplished for us. We're free from the law. And so the law, boy, where do we go from here? So many scriptures to get to. <laughs> let, let, me, let me read this one here, Joel, from 1 Timothy. As Paul wrote to Timothy, 1 Timothy chapter 1, he said, We know that the law is good if one uses it lawfully, realizing the fact that law is not made for a righteous man. Let me stop for just a second. It's something we've talked about a lot on this program, and it's an important cornerstone foundational principle of the gospel, and that is that those who have trusted in Christ are declared righteous. You're right with God. You are righteous. You are holy. You've been made completely new in him. All right. So the point is, you are righteous. Uh, as a as a Christian, as a believer. So we know the law is good if one uses it lawfully, realizing the fact that the law is not made for a righteous man, but for those who are lawless and rebellious, for the ungodly and sinners, for the unholy and profane. And he goes on to, to describe the, the, the sinners out there. The law was made for sinners, not for a righteous man. If you're a Christian, trust me, even though this isn't our, our topic here today, so to speak, you are declared righteous, and that's important for you to understand. The law was not made for you. Yes, exactly, and, then, and a little bit more about the lawful use of the law. You may think to yourself, yeah, but I still sin. I still do lawless things. Well, uh, I have some good news for you, because yes, it's true that in the flesh, you know, because of the flesh, we do some things that don't line up with the righteousness that we really, truly are. 
that's true, but that doesn't mean that we that we're under the law because the good news here, as we find in Galatians three, this is really good. It says uh, you know the Scripture has confined all under sin. That is before you you were in Christ, the Scripture confined everyone under sin that the promise by faith in Jesus Christ might be given to those who believe. And so the law was given, yeah, because of lawlessness. And in fact, as we just said, it made sin abound. But grace abounded all the more after that. And it says, before faith came, we were kept under guard by the law, kept for the faith which would afterward be revealed. It was all leading up to something but the law wasn't where we were ever meant to remain stuck. And it says, therefore, the law was our tutor to bring us to Christ that we might be justified by faith. But after faith has come, we are no longer a tutor. So no matter what your sin was, no matter what, the, no matter what it looked like, no matter how it was manifested in your life beforehand, it somehow led you to, to Christ, and, and you were justified not by law, because the law could never do a thing to justify a person, but you were justified by faith. And so now, after faith has come, you're no longer under the tutor of the law. You're no longer under the law. And so that's good news, because again, even if you sin, it's not like the law keeps bringing you back to Christ, and then you sin again, and you get away from Christ. So you need that law again to bring you back to Christ, and so on and so forth. It's nothing like that, but the law once and for all did its job in your life, and you came to know the Lord Jesus Christ. You were justified by faith, and now you're no longer under the tutor of the law. Yeah, indeed, like I said, sometimes we're going to do things that don't line up with who we truly are in Christ, but that doesn't mean we keep going back through this process of being under the law and then under faith and under the law and under faith and so on and so forth. Which is what makes it such great news. And, you know, Paul also said that if there had been a law given that could make us righteous, then one would have been given. But the fact is that the the law could not make you righteous by trying to follow the commandments, by trying to obey the rules. That is not what makes an individual righteous. But like what Joel was talking about, it it comes through believing in Christ and trusting in his finished work uh, by faith, as, as Joel said. And so the the law again, just uh, not, it should not be a part of, of the life of a Christian, and that's because true. we have Christ. Yeah, and that's and exactly that, that that leads to something that Paul had said just previously. You know, I, I was talking about the law being a tutor that led us to Christ, and, and that was Paul's words in Galatians three, the previous chapter. Paul makes it perfectly clear that the law isn't a part of the Christian's life. <laughs> this is so wonderful news. It's news that the you know, we need to preach this to the church because I don't think the church really gets this. Galatians 2.19, For I, through the law, what did I do? I died to the law that I might live to God. Not live for God, but live to God. In other words, that I might be raised again to life uh, with God. It was through the law, again, it was that tutor of the law, that I died to the law that I might live to God. I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. The life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. It's, you know, we in order to be made alive together with Christ and to have a life that's, uh, that's acceptable to God, it, it, that's, that really that is one spirit with God, as Paul says in 1 Corinthians uh, 6.17, 
we had to die to the law. That's the bottom line there. We had to die to the law in order to have a life with God. So if we're going around clinging to the law, and again, it's going to be something where sin is going to abound, the trespass is going to increase, <laughs> because our, the flesh's response to the law is uh, is sin. And so uh, we need to realize that we're dead to the law so that we can have this victor, victorious life in the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm looking at Ephesians 2.14. For Jesus himself is our peace. Uh, Ephesians 2.14 and 15. Who has made us both one and has broken down the middle wall of separation, having abolished in his flesh the en- enmity, that is, the law of commandments contained in ordinances, so as to create in himself one new man from the two, thus making peace. So the point here is, having abolished in his flesh the enmity, that is, the law the commandments, uh, that word uh, abolish, you know, it, it simply means to to do away with, to, to to cause to cease, to put an end to, to abolish. It's gone. And and that's what Jesus Christ did with the law in, in relation to the Christian. And Joel, I'm, I'm looking forward to next week as, as we talk more about this, because some people might say, don't we need to commit ourselves to the laws of God? We're going to answer that question next week. Yeah, we'll talk more about this, answering that very question, and uh, we do look forward to that, to spending some time with you to, as we grow in the grace and the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, right here on our Growing in Grace program. Uh, we do invite you to check out uh, past archives of our program, and we've got almost 200 of them, Cap, and all of them are available for free, uh, for free download at graceroots.org. You've been listening to Growing in Grace with Mike Kapler and Joel Baruzaki, a weekly program featuring informal conversation to help with growth in understanding the gospel and to live in the freedom that comes through Jesus Christ. 